If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, that's where we're going to be this morning. And we're in uh, kind of this discussion uh, through our Christmas month, through the month of December, um, of how does God want to prepare us? So we have this sign behind me that says, Be the Gift. And we're talking about how we are a gift. We've kind of said it like this. Our big idea for this series is that we believe that God has given Kansas City the gift of New City Church. Like, we believe, I believe, and the elders believe that, man, we are a gift to our neighborhood. We're not a hindrance. We're not a burden. That we have the opportunity as a people to be a good thing to our neighbors, to the people that we buy uh, stuff from at Walmart, Target, Starbucks, like wherever we go, that we have the opportunity. So our big idea is that we believe that God has given Kansas City the gift of New City Church. And during this Christmas series, we will inspire the people of New City Church to live like Jesus as we pursue maturity within the body. What in the world does that mean, maturity within the body? It means that each one of us in this room makes up the body of New City Church. Like today, if you're visiting, you are a part of a body with many parts. And we are a beautiful body. We are. In this room, God has placed His church. This church is not a facility. I love this new facility. It's beautiful, right? If it's your first time in the room, is it not pretty? It's gorgeous, right? It's way prettier than that theater we were in, and I was thankful for that. But this beautiful room and all of the rooms around us and below us, if they were to all go away, it doesn't stop the church. The church is a body. It's you and I. Like if we all were to go outside and have church in the parking lot, guess where the church is? In the parking lot. This is just a room, and I'm grateful for this room, and we want to use this room. But we are the gift, the people. And man, today we gather in this space as one body. But raise your hand if you would say that you have some maturing to do in your spiritual life. Every hand should be raised because we all have work to do. From me to the person in the very back of the room, we all have. There's a song that I was, I was taught as a little kid called He's Still Working on Me. How many of you guys remember that song? To make me walk. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to have to hear that at karaoke Friday night. You've got to show up for that, right? But God is still working on us like we're still working on this building. And it's a good reminder. So as you're here today, there are things that have happened, that have happened uh, since last week that weren't finished last Sunday that are done this Sunday. But there's still a lot of things to do. There's still carpet that needs to be put down. So as you're walking through this space, remember, we're soft launching right now. We're not grand opening. Like it's okay that the mic doesn't work. It doesn't bum me out. We're going to figure those things out. But as you walk through, if you say, wow, man, that really needs some work. Just think to yourself, me too. Come on, you don't need some work? You don't have any rough edges? You don't have any sp uh, spots in your life that you're like, hey, hope they don't find out about that, right? We all have things that the Lord is still trying to work on us in. And so, man, as you walk through and you see the imperfections, hey, yeah, you know what, me too, I've got that. And so this morning, how I want to tackle or talk about this idea of um, maturing is looking at what I think is a really interesting question found in Acts chapter 19, verse 2. All right, now I want to tell you about Acts real quick. So if you don't have it up on your app, I want to encourage you to go there. It's going to be on the screen, but I want you to be able to see it. I want you to be, ha I want you to be able to have it, hold it in your hand, whether in your, in your actual Bible or in the app you use, right? There's, if you don't have a Bible, there's lots of free ones uh, on your phone. Download that. You need to have it in your hand. I want you to take this with you. I want you to process what we're going to talk about today. But the book of Acts is written by a guy named Luke, and Luke is also the guy who wrote the gospel according to Luke. 
Smart guy, he was a doctor. And so you could read Luke and Acts together, the story would just continue. And what the book of Acts is, it's kind of two cool things I want to share with you today quickly, is Acts is the story of how God used the Holy Spirit to inspire and lead the early church. It's not a story about Paul. It's a story about how God used the Holy Spirit to lead Paul. It's not a story about the 12 disciples and how they did a bunch of things or about Stephen or Philip. It's about how God used the Holy Spirit to inspire these men and women for the work of the ministry. So when you read the Bible, don't lose sight that this is a story about how God works in the lives of people. It's not about people and their relationship to God. The second thing that's cool about the book of Acts is that in chapters 1 through 15, Luke uses words like they and he because he wasn't there. He's retelling what happened in those early days. But somewhere along the journey, Luke gets hooked up with these guys, and he starts traveling with these guys. And starting in verse 16, we see a lot of we and I. And now Luke is an eyewitness to what is going on. So when Luke, I mean, in Acts 19.2, Luke is going to tell us about something that he experienced, about actually a question that he observed Paul asking. Now, before I get to the question, there's something else i got to do, right? we got to define some reality. And so I want to give us uh, maybe four maybe observations of the people in the room this morning when I talk about the words Holy Spirit, right? Most of us have probably heard the words Holy Spirit. Let me see if any of these four things are true in your life. Number one, some of us have a solid biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. Don't raise your hand, but that's some of us in this room. Some of us have a firm understanding of the Holy Spirit's working in our life that's based on scripture. Number two, some of us come from a faith tradition where the Holy Spirit was talked about often. Now, we'll raise our hands on this one. How many of you guys came from a church, if you were a church, that talked about the Holy Spirit quite a bit? You remember it from your youth. Awesome, a lot of you guys. Fantastic. A lot of times this happens in more what we would call charismatic churches, Pentecostal, Assembly of God churches, where the Holy Spirit is just as natural about drinking water, just part of what they do, right? How about number three here? Some of us come from a faith tradition where the Holy Spirit was rarely spoken of. How many of you guys are, that's me. I'm going to raise my hand on that one. I grew up in a Baptist church. This is a Baptist church. And Baptist churches, from my experience, normally don't know how to talk about the Holy Spirit. We treat him like that weird uncle that shows up at Thanksgiving. Like you feed him, you wave, you acknowledge him, but we just don't get too close because he's kind of out there, right? And so I've had people show up to New City and say, you're not Baptist Church because we talk about the Holy Spirit. We try to uh, engage and understand uh, the Holy Spirit from Scripture. But it wasn't my tradition. It wasn't talked about a whole lot. How about the fourth one? Some of us have a lot to learn about what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. That was me. Right? I see a hand raised up back there. That was me. Like I had a lot to learn about the Holy Spirit and so I came up with this confession. Now, I would love to tell you that this confession is decades old. It's not. This confession actually is months old. On my sabbatical, this desire to understand more about the Holy Spirit was really important to me. The Holy Spirit, those two words were not new to me, but wanting to understand more about how the Holy Spirit worked in this Baptist-raised boy's life was important to me because I read stuff in Acts and the rest of the New Testament and that song that Curtis led us in last that amaze us, astound us, that doesn't always sum up my past spiritual life. I was oftentimes more confused and perplexed than amazed and astounded when it came to the Holy Spirit. 
And so I'm like, Lord, help me understand. Here's what I begin to understand and begin to see. The more I acknowledge the Holy Spirit's working in my life, the more I personally studied how the Holy Spirit worked, the more I understood and the bigger he got. Right? The more I asked questions, the more I read God's word, the more I prayed, the, the greater the understanding became about the Holy Spirit. So here was my confession. Now I'm going to ask us who need to confess this to confess it together. But read it before you confess it, okay? So let me read it to you. And if you're like, hey, I probably need to confess that too, then we'll do that together. But here's the confession. I confess that most of my understanding about God's Holy Spirit was formed by what someone told me rather than what I discovered for myself within God's Word. That, that w- I have been influenced about what I understood about the Holy Spirit based on tradition and y- usually a guy telling me what to believe. And I'm not saying the guy was wrong. But believe, I only understood and knew about the Holy Spirit what somebody told me because I just took them for their word. And however they presented the Holy Spirit to me was how I understood the Holy Spirit and I didn't try to understand more. Like, oh, I guess that's it. Right? And then you begin to meet other people who have a greater understanding, a bigger uh, experience of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, well, are they really that weird? Or am I really that uneducated? Like, I haven't had that experience. I don't know. So then all of a sudden, for those of us who maybe are like me, you start feeling inadequate. Oh, I'm not good. At, you know, all of these weird spiritual thoughts. And so that's why over sabbatical and even a little bit prior to that, all right, God, help me come to my understanding. So this is my confession. I just begin to confess, hey, God, I only know what other people have told me, not what I have learned from your word. So if that's you... I'm going to say that out loud and confess it again for the second time today. And if you want to join me, you're welcome to. If you don't need to, that's fine. But I have a feeling that some of us in the room are a lot like me. Okay? So you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. I confess that most of my understanding about God's Holy Spirit was formed by what someone told me rather than what I discovered for myself in the God Amen. Did you know that confession is good for your soul? You ever heard that before? Confession is good for your soul. What do you do after you confess? Do you wallow in shame and misery? No, forward. So listen, we've confessed. So let's move forward now and see what we can discover. Now, here's the slippery slope that could be dangerous. You could confess that and not change anything and just take what I'm going to tell you as your, hey, that's it, and move on, right? So I'm going to kickstart us today, and then what you do next is going to be dependent upon what you do next. Is that, is that fair? So I'm going to take you on my little journey. Here we go. Acts 19.2. This is the question that Luke records. Paul is speaking. They're in a church in Ephesus, a new church, and Paul says this, or Luke records this. There, Paul, he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So you see the words up on the screen. Paul finds a group of people. What kind of people are they? He finds some what? Disciples. Does he find some lost pagans? Does he find some hellions? You said hellions in church. Yeah, did, did, he see, did he see like wild rebel rousers? No, some disciples. He, he finds some people who are already following Jesus. And so if we're already disciples, why in the world would Paul, uh, why in the world would Paul ask a group of disciples if they've received the Holy Spirit? In my tradition, it's always been inferred. You go to church, you sing the songs, you got the Spirit. But for some reason, Paul comes into this room 
And when he asked them that question, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now, their response is important, right? Let's not skip their response. Their response is, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit, okay? That's not most of our story. Maybe you came in here today for the first time and you are just, man, I'm glad that you're here, but when I say the Holy Spirit, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. You have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Spirit. And so when you look in the scriptures, you see the Father loves the world so much that in the New Testament, right, he gives the Son, Jesus, John three sixteen, And the Son lives a perfect life. He dies a complete death on the cross. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is resurrected back from death to life. And he tells his disciples, hang out right here in Jerusalem until I give you the capital G gift, the Holy Spirit. So the Father sends the Son, the Son sends the Spirit, and the Spirit takes up residence in every believer. It's the guarantee. We talked about this last week, Ephesians 1.4, that when you believe, Jesus gives you the guarantee of the Holy Spirit that guarantees two things. One, that you have a future inheritance, and two, that you belong to God. Like if you believe and have received the Spirit, you're not your own. You don't get to do whatever you want. You don't get to post whatever you want. You don't get to say whatever you want. You don't get a cheat day. You, you belong to the Lord. And some of us, like, this is encouraging. Because I think in our world, in our culture, people just love to come and give you this low bar evangelism. They just, just like do this, and it's all good. Man, I think following Jesus, it's an all-in type of life. And the reason that your spirituality stinks is because you're trying to follow Jesus like this and then saying things like this. Well, I tried it. He just doesn't work. You don't try, Jesus. He's not like some buffet. He had a little Jesus. No. He says, follow me. Get in line, right? And that guarantee, man, is he gives us. It's not age, it doesn't require on age. You can't be, you're not, you're not too old. You're not too dumb. So how smart you are. It doesn't matter your education. But man, Paul says, why haven't you? See, we've heard of the Holy Spirit. We don't have this excuse for the most of us that we haven't heard. But I think although we've heard it, it's just Christian words. It's Christian SAT words. We hear Holy Spirit and it's right over our head. Oh, yeah, that's for, that's for that other. That's for that other. That's, for, that's what they do at IHOP. Not the pancake place, the prayer. International House of Prayer, right? But you, we, 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 right, we just don't fully understand it. So I want, us to, I want us to maybe do a rapid Bible study in the book of Acts on this word Holy Spirit. If you were to go on BibleGateway.com and set your translation to CSB, which is Christian Standard Bible, and Google or search for the words Holy Spirit, just in the book of Acts, you'll see 42 times that, that those two words show up together. That's a lot, right? 42 times. And um, if you begin to look at those, what you will discover is that Luke records seven different fr uh, uh, phrases about how somebody receives the Holy Spirit. So when Paul asked that question, hey, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They say, no, we haven't even heard of the Spirit. Then Paul comes over and lays hands on them, and it's one of the expressions, one of the phrases of habits. I want to give you these seven. So again, in the book of Acts, there are seven different ways that Luke records somebody receiving the Holy Spirit, okay? The seven are this. I'm going to go through them quickly. Way number one is the Holy Spirit is given. Like Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to those who believed. It's, it's a gift. It's been given. Another way that the Holy Spirit uh, shows up in somebody's life is the Holy Spirit falls on people. 
I don't understand some of this, guys. Like, I don't understand how the Holy Spirit falls. Maybe when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're like, dude, I get that. I would describe the way the Holy Spirit came on me as, man, he fell on me. I don't know. Number Way number three, the Holy Spirit comes upon people, Luke writes. That the Holy Spirit comes upon people. So some it's given, some he falls on, some he comes upon. Number four, the Holy Spirit is poured out on people. Poured out on people. That God somehow, some way, can't explain it, wasn't there. But whatever happened, Luke records that the Holy Spirit was poured out on people. Number five, people simply receive the Holy Spirit. That's one of the ways that Luke describes it, that somebody has simply received it. Way number six, that people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in. Okay, I'm going to give a quick sermon on baptism. Are you ready? This is fun. When, we, when you look in the Greek, if you want to study the word baptize, there's different words for baptize, and for a long time, people didn't understand, like, which word meant like this. When somebody gets baptized, like, which word do we use? Until this Greek scholar wrote a paper on how to make pickles. And when he went to write about pickles, he used both types of the Greek word baptize, and everybody's like, mind blown, now we get it. So I'm going to teach you how to make pickles real quick. Are you ready? The Greek scholar said that you take a cucumber and you baptize it in water. You dip it in, you pull it out, you clean it. That's one of the ways that you were uh, to be baptized. But that's not the way the Bible uses the word. So he says you take a cucumber and you baptize it, water, clean it, pull it out, and then you take the pickle that's clean and you put it in the vinegar and you put the lid on the jar and the cucumber remains baptized. Are you with me? So when you and I uh, choose to follow Jesus and then the next step in Scripture is, hey, we're, we're baptized here. Our baptism is behind this wall right here. It's not about you getting clean. We're not interested in taking us cucumbers and cleaning us off. We want to make you pickles. We want to put you in the vinegar and put the top on and say, no, 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 you're going to remain in the family of God. You're going to stay in and you're gonna, people are going to taste and see that you are good. You can be a sweet pickle. You could be a sour pickle, right? You'd be a hot, spicy pickle. There's all kinds of pickles, but the fact is that you're a pickle. Are you with me? Now, if you're like, I don't like pickles, we'll get saved, and then you'll like pickles. I don't know what to do. No. But are you with me, though? So that sounds silly, but you'll never eat a pickle again. And I'll think, Cam, I'm baptized. In the, I'm, like, I want to be a pickle. A deal pickle. That's the big. I was going to say I want to be a big, the big deal, but that sounds arrogant. So anyway, that's my, my. there's shirts that say that, right? Like, I'm a big deal, and it's a deal pickle. You've seen those? You can get it for me for Christmas. All right, here we go. Those are the seven phrases that Luke gives to describe how a person in the book of Acts received the Spirit. Now, here's the fun part. Are you ready? Now, hang on. What, I miss one? Oh, seven. I'm sorry. People are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's important. People are filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and said. Paul, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said. Right? People are filled. Peter doesn't get filled one time. There's several occasions where it says that Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit. So people are filled. Okay, now here's what's fun. And this is what, this is, this is like the meat of today. So like if you were kind of been do- dozing off and sleeping on me, pinch, pinch your neighbor, make sure they're awake, all right? Every time, look at your neighbor and say every time. No, you didn't say it hard enough. I want you to, I want you to point your finger, like be churchy. I want you to wag your finger at him and say, every time. Every time. Get this, it's so big. Every time that the Holy Spirit is given in one of those seven ways, every time something happened. 
It was never abstract. It was never philosophical. Like Jesus even said in Acts 1.8, like when the Spirit comes, He will come in power, not secret. Like it's like something happens. And a lot of times, because we don't understand this, we want to live in this abstract philosophical world and we want to talk about the Spirit. Man, when you read in Acts, man, the Spirit, when He is given in whatever of those seven ways, man, something happens. Now here's why we're giving this message today, okay? This is why this is important to me. So if you call New City Church home, I want you to lean in and receive this. If you're checking us out, this is what I'm inviting you into, all right? We have, we, I'm going to say this, we are a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're also a church that hasn't given him enough acknowledge for that. Like what I'm about to show you, the six ways and acts that a person who is filled, poured over, whatever the phrase is, there are six things that happen. I'm going to show this to you in just a second. And those six things show up here all the time. Uh, hang on. Five of them show up here all the time. And you'll understand when I show you. And unfortunately, we don't give credit where credit is due. We give credit elsewhere into different ways and different things. Not bad things. We don't say, go Satan, right? We don't do that. Aunt Phil, right? But we don't give credit to the Spirit. So here's how I, this is kind of how God took me on this journey. We have a phrase that we use a lot at New City Church that says, white hot faith. Raise your hand if you've ever heard somebody say, man, white hot faith in New City. A person who has white hot faith is somebody that we would just say is fired up, is, is hot for Jesus. I know that sounds weird, but we're just hot for Jesus, right? But here's what I made the observation with our staff, is we took white hot faith and we created an idol for what white hot faith looked like. And we said, hey, here's what it means to be white hot. You've got to be passionate, and you've got to be woo! Raise your hand if you're not a woo! kind of person yeah neither is my wife Jen so like when I'm getting passionate and I get fired up a little bit it's easy to see but you know what when my wife is white hot in her faith it's how she orders her day it's the priority that she gives God in her day instead of getting to the task of being a mom a wife and an employee and when, when Jen is just exercising her love for Jesus he goes first, right? Now, when I start getting fired up, you kind of know it. I might talk real soft. I might get fired up, right? You can tell. And I'll show, share some other ways that I've seen that. But what we said as a staff is like we said, hey, we're going to call out this idol that this is what white hot has to look like, and we're going to smash it. And we're going to simply be, begin to acknowledge that when you see a person fired up, when you see somebody having white hot faith, really what you're experiencing is a person who is experiencing the Holy Spirit working in their life. And so we want to start giving credit for that. Man, are we going Pentecostal? No. I don't even know if that's bad. We're just going scriptural. Because I believe this, the more and more in my life that I give the Holy Spirit his due when he shows up, the bigger he gets in me. And I really believe that what the city of Shawnee needs and the Kansas City metro area needs is not one more church. But if we were to give the Kansas City metro area a group of people who hold tight to this and the love for our neighbor and acknowledge the Holy Spirit's working when he's working, ooh, watch out. Watch out. That's what I want to see in my life. So seven different ways Luke talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon people and in those seven ways, six things happen. 
And what I want you to observe today is see if you can identify if any of those six show up in you. You might experience at least one, maybe more than one. I don't think anybody in the room is going to have all seven or all six of these. But let's see what you, uh, what you, what you uh, kind of uh, understand. Here we go. Number one, these aren't in any type of order, so don't think like I'm going in priority order because the first one could throw you off because the first one is people speak in other languages. So when somebody receives the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, one of the expressions, one of the things that happen in that moment is that sometimes, not all times, sometimes they speak in another language. Now when they, yeah, speaking in tongues. Now speaking in tongues is interesting because sometimes we use that one phrase for two things. Speaking in tongues is speaking in another language that other people could hear. A prayer language is a language that you pray in, that when you're praying you speak in an unknown language, it's only between you and the good Lord. Right? So don't, don't confuse those two things. And both of them are fine. Like, so I, don't, I don't have this one. This is not how the Holy Spirit has been expressed in my life yet. If the Holy Spirit decides to bless me with that, go God. But some of you do, right? And this is a way that when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive, it was expressed in that you at times speak in tongues. Way number two that shows up in the book of Acts. People speak of future events, the prophetic. We have people at New City who sometimes come up to me and say, Hey, Pastor Matt, I was reading my Bible this week, and man, as I came across this scripture, you came to my mind, and I want to share this with you. And they give me a verse or a word, sometimes it's a dream or it's a vision, and they don't try to unpack it for me. They don't try to explain it away. They just tell me what it is and say, hey, soak in that for a little bit. And that's what I choose to do. But they, they, that's the way that for some of you that God has expressed his soul, Holy Spirit in your life is that's what happens, that you have this, uh, uh, this able to, hey, man, I kind of see this. I want to share it with you. Number three, here's a fun one, people praise and worship. Did you know that that is an expression of the Holy Spirit? Like some of us in this room, like we love to worship and you've never given the Holy Spirit credit because typically when somebody speaks in tongues and, and, tongues and somebody uh, gives a word of prophecy, they typically know that that's the Holy Spirit leading them. But how many times have we been worshiping, whether it's in our car or at a church, and you know what, you, we just kind of, you just thought you were into the music. Did you know that just a moment ago, some of us in the room sang along and some of us did this right here? Praise and worship. Some of us, like, we're just, we're here, and we're not going to be rude, so we're still going to, or you're just going to move your mouth. But some of you were, like, it was from your heart. It wasn't from your throat, it was from your heart, and you were worshiping. And that was the expression of the Holy Spirit in you, giving praise and worship to God. And I just want to say, if that's you, the next time that happens, don't go, woo, that song was good, I was into that. No, man, give the Spirit his due. Man, the Lord just did something in me. And that's where you just say, hey, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Way number four that shows up in the book of Acts. People become bold and witness to, God, to the things of God. One of the expressions when somebody receives the Holy Spirit, doesn't happen every time, none of these happen every time, is that somebody is bold in their testimony. Have you ever said something to somebody that you can't believe you said it? And it'd be a good thing, by the way. And it's a good thing, Right? <laughs> This happened to me not long ago. Me and uh, Pastor Charlie, one of our elders, we were having uh, uh, burritos at some restaurant over in Overland Park. And I don't, I'm telling you, this is so rare. The waitress comes over to take our order. And before, you never, have you ever started saying something and in mid-sentence you're like, shut up, shut up, right? <laughs> I find myself saying to her, hey, we're about to pray and bless our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you too? 
And she's totally freaked out by this question. I mean, she didn't go, oh, you know what, I was at church. No, she's just like, um, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've blown it. I'm that weird Christian dude, right? <laughs> Charlie Blair looks at her, and he says, can I ask you a question? And he, and he asked her a question about her future. He said, I kind of got this sense, and he asked her a very specific question about her future. And her eyes fill with tears, and she starts bawling at our table. That was the Lord. And I knew it was the Lord in the moment because, like, I was like, I don't always do that. Usually I'm like, give me my food, I'm hungry, all right? But here's what, here's what, here's what when I said earlier that we're, a, we're one body that comes together in unity. Like, what would have happened if I wouldn't have had that bold of witness experience to say that? Would Charlie have the opportunity to just simply let, like, I just handed it off to him. And I didn't even know, it wasn't planned. I didn't say, now, hey, Charlie, just a second, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. It just happened, right? And so by me allowing the Lord to do what he wanted to do in my life that moment, it allowed Charlie, for the spirit to work in Charlie's life, and this waitress, I don't know her name, I don't know what's happened next, but I know in that moment, she had to say something happened. It's a pretty cool thing, right? It's how the Lord shows up sometimes. How about number, let's see where we are, number five. How about this one? People are obedient. Have you ever equated your faithfulness to uh, being obedient to no longer pursuing that sin that's tripped you up for so long to it's not you being stronger, but it's the Holy Spirit getting bigger in you? If you're a person and you just continue to struggle with a thought process or you continue to struggle with a certain sin in your life and you know it's a sin, it's not because somebody said it's a sin, it's because you're like, man, I wish I didn't do. Man, every time you are successful in saying no to that thing, don't think about how strong you were. Think about how strong God was in you and give the Holy Spirit his praise that he is due. And what you might find is that thing that you struggle with now, you ain't struggled with in months or maybe even years. And so every time, even if it's little bitty, man, every time it's little bitty, man, just give the Holy Spirit his acknowledgement. And, man, you'll, before long, that thing will be in the rear view miles back. Go, God. Go, God. Last one. This is the one I said that, that, that we're five of the six. Not that we haven't experienced this, but just not as much. Is people perform miracles. This is the wonders mentioned in the book of Acts. Where like Paul was such a spiritual stud that people would just take the handkerchief that he had held and take it around church people or sick people and wave it on them and they'd get healed. Nobody's grabbing my hankies, right? Like that's not happening for me yet, right? Nobody's saying, hey, Matt, when you're done with that shirt today, can we take it? We're going to take it down here. To the no. Okay, maybe one day. The Lord hasn't done that yet. But there are times, right, when somehow, some way, and it's miraculous that the Holy Spirit reveals himself in you with a wonder. Oh, my gosh. Some of you, the fact that you're even sitting in a church right now is a miracle. Right? Raise your hand if that's you. You ain't been to church in years. This place hasn't fallen down yet. You can't believe it. Now, here's the deal. These six things... I'm going to make a Chiefs connection. How many would say by show of hands that Patrick Mahomes has had a great year? Okay. He's rare. Very few of us in this room are going to be Patrick Mahomes in these six things. Most of you, your journey is going to be just that, a journey. And you're going to stumble and fall and do well and do bad. But all I'm asking you to do as you begin this spiritual journey of acknowledging the Holy Spirit's working in your life is that you just simply do that. Every time you experience the Holy Spirit working in your life, you would simply acknowledge Him. That wasn't you, that was Him. 
in me getting bigger. And hey, Lord, thank you. I, I realized that obedience wasn't me, it was you. God, that song that I just sang, it wasn't me, that was you. God, that, that, that prayer that I just prayed, that boldness that I just had with that family member, that neighbor, that wasn't me, that was you. God, that me speaking in a language that I've never done before, wow, I don't know what to say, that wasn't me, that was you. And however it gets expressed, just beginning to give God his due and see what the Lord does next in your life. And let's see what the Lord does next in the life of this church. Amen? Now, let's be honest about something. There may be those in the room who go, man, I don't see any of those things in my life. Right? Here's the thing, they're not secret. And it has nothing to do with you not being good enough or whatever. I have learned in my adult life that when I don't understand something fully or I feel like I'm missing out on something, the quickest way to get there is to ask questions. And maybe today if you're like, man, I, that list, I don't know. Simply ask the Lord. Lord, would you let your spirit show up in my life like what Pastor Matt just talked about. That's what I read in the book of Acts. Lord, Lord, I wanna, I'm following you. I want to follow you. But those things, Lord, would you, would you, would you reveal? And every, most times, I think every time in Scripture, when somebody uh, is receiving the Holy Spirit, there's other people around, and there's usually somebody praying over. And so after service today, this little room back over here on my left, your right, on the other side of that glass, I'm going to have some of our pastors and elders in that room. And if you're just like, would you just pray for me? Man, we want to pray for you. It's nothing to be ashamed about, oh my goodness. Did you know that I had three people come up to me after service today, after this message, and hug me and say, Matt, we've been praying for seven years that you would teach what you just taught today. They've been praying for me. That's pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool. Now, I could go, well, I wasn't good enough. I'm not doing that. God answered their prayer, right? And so all I would say is to step into what the Lord has for you.